And our guide for today is the Gospel according to Matthew. We're looking at a collection of sayings that come from Jesus, and he begins each line with blessed. But the things that he says are blessed come as a surprise to us, so listen for the good news. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God bless this reading to our understanding. I was in line at the campus bookstore on the Belmont campus, loaded down with two basketfuls of thick, expensive books. The mom in the line right next to me struck up a conversation. What is your son majoring in? She politely asked. Music, I said. What about your daughter? Well, she wanted to major in music, but we told her when she graduates, she's got to be able to make a living, so she's majoring in business. Well, suddenly I just wanted to crawl underneath the tiles of the floor in the bookstore. I admittedly had my own doubts about pursuing a degree in music, but my husband and I had made the conscious decision that we would support our son in whatever career path made him happy. And yet we wondered, I wondered, was this the right decision? We would say to each other, all we want is for him to be happy. But I knew that that mom standing next to me in the line at the bookstore, all she wanted was for her daughter to be happy as well. When Peter Gomes was the chaplain at Harvard University, he said that each fall, scores of parents would drop off their freshmen at Harvard University, and they would all say the same thing. We just want him to be happy. We don't care if he majors in biology or philosophy. We just want her to be happy. But what is it that leads to happiness? Is it a career that you love and living out your dreams? Or is it financial stability and enough money to pursue what you do dream about? What leads to a good life? Today's scripture lesson is one that many folks have turned to over the many centuries, wondering about what leads to happiness. The Beatitudes are a series of saying that begin with, blessed are those who... And this word blessed does not have an exact English equivalent. So some versions of the Bible read, happy are those who, happy are the pure in heart, they will see God, happy are the merciful, they will receive mercy. And one commentator says that the problem with these beatitudes is that people hear them like spiritual bonbons, little ditties. He says that the most dangerous parts of Scripture are the ones that we are somewhat familiar with because we no longer really hear them. 
We tune them out look like spiritual bonbons. You know that little bowl of candy that your grandmother always had in the living room that your mother told you not to touch? It was just a little pretty thing. But when Jesus says these Beatitudes, the people who heard them were cut to the heart. They were seeking to live their lives in a particular way. How might you and I hear them anew today? How might these Beatitudes help us discern how to live our one wild and precious life? One way is to dig a little deeper into what this word blessed really means. I mean, how could you say with a straight face, blessed are those with, who mourn? How could you say that to parents in the waiting room at Children's Mercy Hospital whose child is on a gurney being wheeled in after a gunshot wound? How could you say, blessed are those who mourn? Or how could you say, Blessed are the persecuted to a mom in Gaza who has run out of food and run out of hope. I don't think I could say it. In his book, Dr. Mike Graves says that a better translation for the word blessed might be the word honored or esteemed. And here we can make a bit more sense of Jesus saying, those who mourn will be comforted by God. They are honored. God esteems them. God embraces them into a holy reality. Other scholars say that the word might mean something like deeply happy. Not just happy, but deeply happy. So maybe I could have turned to that other mom in the campus bookstore and say, well, my son will be deeply happy even if often broke. For many years, these Beatitudes were read by me and by others as pushing us to look more deeply at what really matters. For a decade or more, I participated with many of you on delegations traveling to Nicaragua where we worked among the poorest of the poor in schools and medical clinics and churches and in community centers. And on every single one of those trips, someone would turn to me about midway through the week while we were on the bus on the way to the work site, going up through the poorest, poor areas you could possibly imagine. Someone would turn to me and say, I just don't get it. These people are so poor and yet so happy. And that, I thought was what the Beatitudes were trying to get at, that often we in this world need to turn our culture's values upside down, turn our customs upside down. Maybe those of us who are privileged, who live in a wealthy nation, who prize self-sufficiency, who prize getting a, an advanced degree, a good education, maybe we are the ones that sometimes miss out on what it means to feel fragile and yet passionately in love with God and with our families and with our community. You know, after you have seen the joy in the eyes of a child who's standing there playing soccer in a dirt field with the soccer ball that he made with his brothers and sisters, you can't unsee that joy. This week, I read, maybe you read this too, that the Canadian finance man, Miles Nadal, has decided to sell his collection of sneakers and cars. 
750 pairs of sneakers and 144 cars. Maybe you're in the market for some yourself. I don't know if the auction at Sotheby's has happened, but he's selling them all together for 62 million. Turns out he no longer needs them, he said, to be happy, and he didn't want to wait until he died to see the proceeds go to charity. But our world's values often glamorize this world of fashion and cars as the very path or the road to happiness or blessedness or joy. Richard Rohr writes, spirituality creates willing people who let go of their need to be first, to be right, to be saved, to be superior, to define themselves as better than other people. Game over, says Rohr as people turn to ask, what does Jesus value? What is God's will? What is the vision? But even if these beatitudes seem to be challenging the conventional values of our culture, it's still hard for me to see them as the recipe for a good life. And so what if they're not really a prescription for the good life? What if they're not even strong suggestions or recommendations on how to live, what if instead they are descriptions? One scholar says that these beatitudes are like Jesus's autobiography. Aha! What he's describing is the life that he has led. He's the one who has hungered and thirsted to make the world right. He's the one who was meek enough to turn the other cheek. He's the one who was persecuted. He is the one who mourned and wept at the pain of losing a friend at the plight of the widows and the orphans. He was the one who was pure in heart. What if we're reading his autobiography? or maybe his biography, according to Matthew. This was the pattern of life that led him to a heavenly realm, to the realm of God. And these Beatitudes not only describe the life of Jesus, here's what Jesus' life is like, but rather they also describe the life of those who were listening to him speak these words. Who is present? Mike reminds us in his book that if you read the couple of verses before the Beatitudes, you hear a description of who is there that day. It's the sick, those afflicted with various diseases, those possessed by demons, those who are struggling with the disease of epilepsy, those who are paralyzed. They are the meek, the weak, the persecuted, the brokenhearted, the economically poor, and the poor in heart. And Jesus says to them, you are God's people. You will be comforted. You will see God. And then Jesus turns and he stops talking about those who will, those who will, those who will, and he starts talking about you. Blessed are you, he says. One scholar says that this word blessed if you go back to the Hebrew, if you go back to the Psalms, those that Mike was praying a moment ago, that what you learn is that the word blessed in Hebrew is asher. And asher literally means to find the right road. Jesus is saying, you and you and you, you're on the right road. 
In her book on the Beatitudes, Diana Eklund tells the story of this woman living in northern Kenya in a nomadic tribe. She lives among those who practice the indigenous religions, and she decides to convert to Christianity. And when she does, her husband threatens to divorce her, and the people in the community been, begin hurling insults at her. And instead of hurling insults back, she goes and she sits down and she makes a list of everyone who has insulted her, everyone who has persecuted her, and she invites them to a feast and she kills the only lamb that she has and she prepares this feast and she invites them to sit at table with her. She is on the right road. I don't know if you remember this. Some, some people told me that they did remember it. Mother Teresa died six days after Princess Diana died. These two women could not have been on any more divergent life roads, but the two women were friends. They encouraged one another. In fact, after Diana's tragic and fatal car accident, Mother Teresa sent a message to her family. She wrote, Diana was very concerned for the poor. She was anxious to do something for them, and it was beautiful, and this is why she was close to me. Indeed, Diana was buried holding a rosary that was given to her by Mother Teresa. And we later learned that Diana had funded much of Mother Teresa's work, including a shelter for women here in Washington, D.C. The Beatitudes were written both for Mother Teresa and for Princess Diana. We now know that Mother Teresa even as she saved thousands and thousands and thousands of children, had deep and nagging doubts about the very existence of God. And we know that Diana, who lived the most glamorous, glittering life imaginable, knew public humiliation and heartbreak and emotional breakdowns. Both of them needed encouragement to find the right road, and both of them served as encouragers to others. Jesus knew that about us. We would need to be encouraged, and we would have moments when we could be the encourager. Jesus offered his own life as a pattern for our lives. I have a friend who is a federal judge. Sometimes someone appears in the judge's courtroom who has had a series of devastating hard knocks. And the judge looks at the record and at the person and realizes that this person might still have a chance to turn their lives around. The judge says, I will give you probation. If you will write a letter to me at the court once a quarter, explaining to me how you were still on the right road. Last year, he got a letter from a woman that he had sentenced. She wrote about how she had gotten her life back on track. She had taken a series of steps. She had joined a church. She had gotten her driver's license, no small feat for someone who has a history of crime. She had been hired at a job earning $8 an hour and then at a better job earning $13 an hour and had begun saving money for a car. And she wrote in the letter to the judge, it's so amazing how things have changed in my life. 
When I have a bad day, I just try to remember those days when I spent living outside, being addicted, having such a hopeless feeling, ready to throw in the towel. There isn't a lot that can get you down when you've already been at the bottom. Thank you, Honor, Your Honor. Thank you for saving my life. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the right road. All of us have a chance to be the encourager. All of us have moments when we need encouragement. Finding this right road and staying on it. It is a lifelong task. We will mourn. We will falter. We will know the pain and humiliation of persecution. Jesus will come and walk alongside of us to be the pattern that shows each of us how to live our one wild and precious life. And I love how that person who had had such a life of heartbreak and crime and pain ended her letter to the judge she said, have a blessed day.